0: Welcome everybody, here we are tonight on another episode of Knox Natters. I'm pleased to welcome Des Palmer tonight, one of our Toastmasters members and one of the committee members that helps out with new members. Welcome Des.
1: Thanks a lot Damien, it's really great to be here, I'm looking forward to this, yeah.
0: Des tonight is going to join us and speak about one of his favourite pastimes. He's going to talk to us about birds. Now, I'll just elaborate. He's going to talk about furry birds, not birds as in general. So I just wanted to make sure we're on the right subject before we go talking about birds. So, Des, welcome again. Thanks, Daniel. I'm very, I'm very interested to know how did... The, you get involved in birds.
1: Where did it all start? And and at what age? All right. Look, thanks a lot, Damien. Uh look, really I I can't remember a time really not being interested in birds, to be honest, and, and animals. Um so it must have happened very, very young. Um and how I started was um my dad got me interested, but also my grandmother, because we lived with uh my grandma and grandpa, my pa, and my grandmother um, encouraged me a, a love of nature. And I remember as a very small child, she said to me, Des, a person who loves animals can't be that bad a person. And that, that, that really struck me. And um, I can't talk about myself, but I think most of the people that I meet who love birds and animals, I've put into that category. So, yeah. Great, great, Des.
0: So we've we've learned a bit about your bird watching through your Toastmasters speeches over the past twelve months. I think you've been involved in, in Toastmasters, um, and I must say myself, I've learned a bit about some red-breasted birds and, and things like that. But
1: yeah.
0: Have you been a bird watcher your whole life, or you mentioned earlier you, you got involved with your your grandparents and the kids? But at what point of time has it really taken you? Through, through your age, what sort of time period did you really say, this is really interesting and it got you
1: involved? Yeah, good, good question, Damien. Um, look, I, as I said, I, I can't remember a time not being interested in birds, but in honestly, there was a period of time between 16 and say 26, um, where as we spoke about before we started talking, there that, that were other interests came involved things like beer and other types of birds, Damien, that you referred to, which are more complicated <laughs> than But that did uh, impinge on my uh, focus in that time, for that 10-year period. But I think once I got married and had children, I, I found that I wanted to go back to it. And in all honesty, like the last 15 years, I think I've made up, I'm more than made up for lost time. I've just... Look, you'd have to probably call it an obsession, really. Um, yeah, it is an obsession, really. Um, I, I, I write a monthly uh, bird column in our, uh, our local paper. It's, it's not a, like a leader-type local paper. It's, um, it's called the Basin and Baronia Community Newsletter. Um, I'll just show you. And I, I write an article every month, uh, and I really enjoy it. I don't know if you can see it there, but... That's, it's the Royal Spoonbill I wrote about this month, and um, you know I've been doing that for about seven years, and I really love doing it every month. But that has right. increased my right. knowledge because I get a species, I've got to record, uh, research it, and everything. And yeah, that's that's even lifted my my awareness even oh. even more. Yeah.
0: I'm interested to learn about you know. I grew up playing sport and, and preparation and, and you get out of bed in the morning and say, you know, I'm off to play footy and I play a bit of golf now and my wife's always on to me about, you know, I get out of bed and prep and make sure the clubs are clean and everything like that. Yeah. What sort of preparation goes into bird watching? Do you put on your gear and you've got your
1: binoculars or what What sort of happens? Damien, it's, it's hard to explain. It's sort of, I don't know. All you need is your binoculars to go and do it. But I, I just feel like I'm, I'm in that mode 24-7. Like, I could walk out my front door now with my binoculars, especially with this new 25-kilometre limit, and I, and I could just go somewhere and bird watch. Um, you, you're always... I suppose to elaborate on that, you don't need to prepare so much your equipment, but you're always hoping to see a bird you haven't seen or see a really rare bird. Um, Cause another thing that you've got is called a life list and that's the species that you've seen in your lifetime now i think my life list is i mean it's 430 Now there's 820 species 850 i think recorded in australia so i'm not even halfway wow and they do it all my life so <laughs> fantastic there, maybe. yeah
0: Now, let me see if I've got this right, but I think you've mentioned to us about your big year. Yep. Maybe can you explain to us what a big year is?
1: Yeah. Uh, A big year happens every year in America, in the US. Of course, it's got to be the biggest and best of everything in America, but uh, it's a very, very serious bird-watching competition. A big year is when you have to see, it's a competition to see the most birds in a single calendar year. So the most different species um, seen in a a single calendar year. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie called The Big Year.
0: I have, yeah.
1: You have? Good on you, Damien. Owen Wilson, Jack Black, Steve Martin. Uh, they just get up to all sorts of antics. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that's what uh, sort of prompted my interest yeah. about the big year, you know, you and birds yeah. in the big year.
1: You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in, in 2015, um, not as part of any competition, it was just my own personal thing. I, I did my own big year and um, I think I got, yeah, I did, I got 310 different species, but it was just fun just try and, okay, I've got to go there. I've got to try and nail that bird. And, of course, nine times out of 10 you go there, you don't nail that bird. But, look, to to put things into perspective, the Australian record is set by a guy called Sean Dooley. Now, this guy is next level. He's the president of BirdLife Australia. When his mum and dad died, he got his inheritance and he blew it almost in a whole year. He travelled all around Australia. And, like, I mean... By travelling all around Australia, man, I think he went to Broome five times from Melbourne. Wow! Just he'd hear there was a bird there, he'd fly up there just to get it because they get a lot of um really rare rare species in Broome. So yeah, so he got seven hundred and forty species. So it makes my three hundred and ten pale into insignificance. I mean, this guy's just crazy.
0: Well, how is that documented, Des? The, the, the seven hundred and forty birds.
1: How is that documented? Just by. The honesty system. He says he saw it, so he saw it. Yeah, there's no... He, he doesn't have to photograph of everything. So, look, <laughs> you could cheat, but, you know, as uh, Owen Wilson said, who'd want, to be the, who'd want to be that anal opening that cheats? So you don't cheat. I'll play golf. I'll, <laughs> I'll oh, you wouldn't cheat at golf, don't
0: you? I'll play golf with some blokes that can't count, so <laughs> the bird watching does it. Look, I've got a couple more questions for you. One for you. One I'd really like to ask is: if I want to get them bird watching, what does it cost?
1: Okay, okay, Damien, you're going to think I'm crazy. I went out and spent four thousand three hundred dollars on most expensive, best pair of binoculars you can buy. They're called Swarovski. Wow. Okay. It's the same ones that, you know, make ladies' jewellery and the uh, crystal glasses and things. Now, that's the best best set of binoculars you can buy. But for $800, honestly, you can get a pair almost as good. I mean, these really good ones I've got are crystal clear, but the quality comes when you're in poor light so that the inferior lenses won't hang on in poorer light and you can't see the birds as well. But honestly, for $800... Um, you can get a really, really good pair of binoculars. I don't know if that sounds a lot. doesn't sound much to me.
0: (laughs) That's pretty cheap. And what then you have to know, look up, I suppose, there's some websites you can look up on where the birds, what time of year and things like that.
1: Yeah, There's. Damien, there are two um, field guides um, that were published as books, but they're now apps that you can download. They've got every single species in Australia. They've got all their calls. Um, so you can hear a bird call, and then you think it's that species. Oh, yep, that's it. You marry up the call up. It's just, and it's on your phone. So, so. <laughs> it's pretty easy. Oh,
0: is, is there? A, is two? I've got two questions for you, Des. Yep. Is there a difference between a male and a female call? And
1: can you do either? Um, is that an invitation to? Imitate some calls. <laughs> I, yeah, I wouldn't yes. like to go there. Um, look, it, it's very, very like. Uh, yeah, males and females can have different calls. They can. The, the, I don't know if you're aware. Of, you know the whip bird. You know that I'll do one for you. They go. Ooh, it's, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yeah. The, the whip bird is always the male and the female calling together. So most people think it's just one one word one bird, but it's actually the male and female that gives the entire call. But that's okay. just one species. There are, oh, the calls for each species can do your head in because some of them have maybe a dozen different calls.
0: Fantastic. And if you don't
1: know what one is, then you don't, you know, you don't, you don't get that bird. You just don't know what it is.
0: Okay. Okay, so do you have a favourite bird?
1: Oh, damn, look. You're opening up a can of worms there. <laughs> oh, this could take 20 minutes to answer, but it better not. Or it could take 20 seconds. <laughs> so I've gone for the 20-second answer just for you, Damien, to alleviate your boredom. Um, look, number one, uh, it's probably not in any order, but number one, I'd have to say the sooty owl, which is an extremely, well, it is rare, um, but it's probably more common than people think. But it's just that they're very, very cryptic and very hard to find. I've seen three in my life, all, all uh, in the Dandenongs, right here, they are in the Dandenongs. Um, they're all up the east coast of Australia, but they're very, very hard to get. I've met a couple of really, really good bird watchers who's never, ever seen one. And they say, I don't care, I'm not even looking for them anymore because they're just so hard to find. So that's probably number one. Number two would probably be a bird called the Terek Sandpiper. Um, this guy comes to Australia. He's one of the migratory waders. He visits from, I think, I think it's central Russia or southern Siberia. And he's actually got an upturned bill, which looks really weird. Um, I've got a bit of a thing for birds with upturned bills. Um, but yeah, the terek sandpiper is extremely rare in Victoria. I have seen him once in my lifetime at a place called Stockyard Point um, in Western Port Bay. And the third species would be the beach stone curler. Now, I had to go to Cooktown to get that one, but wow. oh, it was really worth it, Damien. It was really worth it. These birds are really wary and they hate people. Um, but yeah, I, I got two when I was in Cooktown, so that was a good get.
0: Interesting. Des I could listen to you all night, but we we've we've got to wrap it up. I've yeah. got one i got one last question for you. Yeah, yeah. What advice would you give someone wanting to to start bird watching you know we mentioned about the binoculars but yeah I imagine you're sitting out in the in the wilderness for hours on hours do you need to pack something? is there a favorite bar you need to take or a coffee or <laughs> mobile phone or
1: what, yeah, what no, I just, yeah look I just make sure i've got my binoculars obviously uh, I just take a water bottle and a bit of food um, but yeah the probably the biggest thing you need is uh, patience. Uh, There was a guy in the Old Testament called Job. He had plenty of it, and you're probably going to need about as much as he had. (laughs) Um, And the last thing I reckon would be to be prepared to spend the rest of your life learning, uh, because I'm 58, and I reckon I would need four lifetimes just to get my head around the Australian birds. Um, but, yeah, if look, you can just get your head around that, uh, the rest falls into place and it is a hell of a lot of fun and a great interest to have, I think.
0: <laughs> Des, fantastic. I well, thank you for your insight. Look, we're going to have to get you back again one time because there's so much more that I could talk about. I'm sure our podcast listeners would like to know about your experience and some of those birds that you've seen that you know people may not have seen it ever at all so thank you for your time tonight no uh, thank, you to thank, you. thank you to all the the members and other people who joined the podcast and hope you learned something about bird watching over and out good night